All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Just after 5 o'clock, as you make your way home, hey, it's Friday, man. That's great. Sit back, relax. You don't have the stress of an order game tonight. But you will have it tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock start. Remember that? Pre-game show orders uh, uh, Nation YouTube will be at uh, noon tomorrow, so uh, be sure not to miss that. It's the Gregor Show, as always, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. Where uh, our uh, we do the uh, every day where we do a, a wager and uh, at the end of the month we hope to raise any money. Oh, we, we were good in September. We were up uh, October. We ended up uh, donating nothing. It was not a great month. So uh, it's kind of like the orders. Really, it's how it works. So uh, we've got to get back on track. If you have any uh, that you like this weekend, always text them in. That's uh, because we always do a three uh, bet parlay uh, for twenty bones, and then uh, hopefully uh, try to win, and get back on track. So if there's any that you like this weekend, text them in at eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Help your neighbor, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, Connor did a, a random uh, draw, and it came up uh, Jana. Jana, how are you? Thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well. So uh, you are in. You get the brand new Sports fourteen forty hat. And uh, awesome. your name will go in the draw. And if you're drawn, then you win some tickets. Uh, you win the, uh, uh, the the Echo Bee or the Google Nest. But then most importantly, you get to gift a furnace to someone. Who would you want to gift it to? Oh, my lovely friend, Sarah. And uh, does Sarah need a new furnace right now? I believe she does. Because the last time I was over there, it sounded like a washing machine on the spin cycle. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. Uh, many of us have been there at some point, so I get that. Well, that's awesome. Well, that, I'd put you in the very good friend book, I would think, for sure. So uh, stay on the line. Connor will get all your information, and best of luck. Uh, be sure to be tuning in, uh, well, every day, but uh, definitely on Monday, November 20th. 
Awesome. I listen all day, every day. Oh, awesome. Well, thanks so much. We appreciate it. There you go. Yeah, It's always good when you get a loyal listener winning. I love it. Well, you're all pretty loyal. That's what we're lucky about our listeners. Uh, very loyal, very passionate. The uh, text line uh, brought to you by Jiffy Luby has been humming today. And, uh, you know, I'll say this pretty solid agreement across the board that people are just like, you know what? Uh, it's the show me time now. Talk is cheap. Right. Uh, I don't care that they have more postgame F-bombs and wins. That's probably like the worst stat they can have. They being the Edmonton owners, uh, Raphael Lavoie, if you missed it, has been recalled because uh, Connor Brown got injured last night. They uh, haven't placed him on long-term IR yet, so they had to send Broberg down so they could recall Lavoie, and that means they're going to have to go 11 forwards and six defensemen. I don't expect Yanmark to be ready, so they'll go 11 and six for one game. Then they can make an emergency recall, and they can bring Broberg back up if they want, or they could bring up another forward for the Vancouver game on Monday. Let's get to the spec report now brought to you by GS Construction. And they just remind you through all the construction zones around town, Yellowhead, Stony Plain Road, they want to get them done as quick as they can. Stay patient. They appreciate it. GS Construction, as uh, Mark Spector from uh, Roger Sportsnet joins us uh, once again. And uh, Spec, hey, the orders, they could only dream that uh, Raphael Lavoie can come up and make it as immediate of impact as Sam Gagne did last night. <laughs> what a great story, eh? Yeah. It, it's such a shame that, that they didn't win the game. You know, it's a shame that you had to leave the rink going, that was nice, but, mm-hmm. right? Sam Gagne, what a, what a, man, did he play hard and did he get to the net and did he go inside? How many times did you see on Twitter someone say, the rest of the guys should be playing like Sam Gagne? Yeah. <laughs> like, who thought we'd be saying that? It was awesome, awesome night for Gagne. And I think the mo- the best thing, look, lots of emotion, Right, gets a goal, back home, all that stuff. Papa Euler, they were calling him. But the best thing is it really does look like he can skate. His hips uh, are clearly good. He had nice speed last night for a guy his age. I, I liked it a lot. And to me, you know, the emotion is going to come. The emotion is going to go. He's not scoring two every night. But if he can skate, Jay, he can help the team. Well, the, the energy and the emotion and, and where he went is is. You know, that is is unfortunate. Uh, like, I'm sorry, I disagreed with the fact that he wasn't on the ice coming out of the TV timeout, or sorry, the, the timeout at, when they're down 4-3. to three. I don't care if he's the next guy up. The next guy up does you no good. Because if you're in the offensive zone, you either score or you don't. So why not have the guy who was the hottest guy on your team at that moment in the game on the ice? Oh. I'm not saying they would have scored, but uh, I don't know. There's just he had some mojo, it's, uh, and mojo's legit, man. It happens. Uh, I would have went yeah. with uh, with Sam Wise at that point if I was the head coach. Um, but but here's the thing, Spec, and you know Evander Kane said, "Hey, we gotta we gotta figure out we gotta play smarter until we do. We're not going to win." We've heard this. Like, I watched last night. There's three goals against that were easy goals for Dallas to score because now Cody Cece's played well year, but that's a terrible pinch. Can't do it. Philip Broberg, all you had to do is dump the puck in. You can't dump it in, and then you go change, and it's a three-on-one easy goal. And then the worst one, for me anyway, because it was a three-on-three. It was a nothing play until Bouchard elected to take himself out of the play by floating over to the right side, which allowed the middle of the ice wide open, then Rupe Hintz just skates in the net, taps home an empty net goal. Like, I, I don't get, like, those plays spec... Are is what, and it's different guys every game or every second game. It's clearly a cultural thing in Edmonton. How does it change? Oh, 
man, how long is your show? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how does it change? I mean, Cody Cece's been probably, has he been their best defender this year? Yeah, right maybe. There, him and Nurse been their best two guys. Yeah. Um, and he makes a one little pinch. It's a bad pinch. You know what? He made a bad pinch. There's no getting around it. And there was no forward picking up for him. There's nobody who recognized he was pinching and said, I got to get back. I would say to you that the Broberg play, you know, yeah, he's inattentive. It's an easy flip. Just get your, you know, execute an easy flip and get it high and over the defenseman, get it in. He didn't execute it. But at the same time behind him, Holloway and McLeod weren't even looking to see if he executed it. They just started changing. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he gives the puck away, which is bad on Broberg. But the two guys behind him, instead of hitting the brakes, they go to the bench. Yeah. You know, so... That was a team effort. Like, there was no one – you can't make one mistake because there's no one covering your rear end. And then on the last – the Bouchard goal, you had it right. He goes too far to the boards. Look a little further back. Who stopped skating in the neutral zone? McDavid. Yeah. Right? McDavid stops skating in the neutral zone, turns it into a three-on-two. So there's lots of blame to go around, and it's not just your part, your bit part players no. that are making the mistakes. It's the big boys too. No, it's lots of the big guys. That that's usually the issue because it's it's your minute eaters. They're on the ice more, so yes, they they have more opportunities to do it. But spec, this has been an issue in Edmonton for a long time. The and 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 the frustrating part is they will show stretches where they'll be like, we're committed to defense. We're not going to gift goals. Because I have no problem if, like, Cody Cece, if the, he's trying to make a play, yeah, it's ill-advised. If you do that once, because you don't see Cody Cece make those terrible pinches very often, I'm like, I'd live with it. if it. Ha- but the problem is it happens once, then the Broberg play and the Bouchard. So there's three goals. If it's one, right, you're like, okay, whatever. It's one goal, it happens, right? But it yeah. it happens too frequently, by this group of players. And to me, I until they want to solve it spec, and I don't know, I don't ever, and you know, you're in the room as much as I'm actually more because you're on the road. Like, I just don't know if I, I ever sense there is like that, that guy or two guys where there is a real high level of accountability, right? Like even on simple things where no mistakes are made. Somebody go over to Leon Dreisaitl last night and say, hey, Leon, I know you're a great passer, but for whatever reason, it's not tonight. Stop trying to force passes. Just take the damn puck to the net. Enough, right? Like, how many times does he have to force a pass that wasn't working in the offensive zone to realize, Kate, okay, for whatever reason, and he's a great passer, he's probably the best passer in the game, for what reason it's not working, so adjust for that moment in time and then go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. the next game. And to me, that's their problem is the there's a stubborn arrogance that this group is just like, well, we, we don't have to ever adapt our game. For a long stretch, we'll do it for a week or a few games, but they won't commit to having a style of play. No one can tell me what the order's identity is as a team. No one, because I don't think they know. Well, their identity is to oftentimes is to pass it into the net to score pretty goals, to get tons of offense, to have the best two scores in the league. Their their identity is built around filling the other team's net. And as we all know in hockey, we watched it forever. The harder, the later in the season you get, the less goals get scored and the more important the other end becomes. You can't give away goals because it's hard. You can get to four in October, November, December, January, even February. Once March comes, you better be able to win with three. You know, three's got to be enough. And that's right, Jay. 
you know, we've seen stretches where this team can beat you three, two, but not nearly enough. They've played some pretty good games here. Like they should win that game last night. I thought they had the majority of the play, Yep. but three quick strike, quick strike goals off the rush. They should have beat Winnipeg that one game. They had a way the better of the play. Mm-hmm. They gave up a couple easy goals. So I don't know if they're going to figure it out in time this year, Jay. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a lot closer to 50-50 watching this team play because I'm not seeing it improve. Are you? Uh, no, I'm not. In fact, go read my article at Oilers Nation. You'll see the odds. Um, did a whole deep dive into teams that start this bad in the first nine games, whether, whether it's teams that had 100 points a year before, uh, all sorts uh, of different things. And um, uh, took a lot of research in finding it. And so it's, uh, it's a, you know what, the 50-50 you mentioned, that's pretty much kind of where it's at. I excluded of teams before 2006 because the rules were way different, right? There's, there's more points allowed now, which can make it easier or difficult, depending on how you look at it um there there's also you know what like really bad teams that are obvious bottom five teams i kind of remove them from the equation because i don't think edmonton's that bad if edmonton misses the playoffs there'll be a team that misses by like two to five points right i don't think anybody out there thinks this roster is a bottom five roster do you? Oh, no, no, yeah. no. They're okay. not about it. The question is going to be, are they going to dig such a big hole that you can't climb out of it? You yeah. know, are you going to are you going to get to April and miss the playoffs by three points and go, man, did we ever blow that in October? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's too late. October's done. So we're into November. Like this is the team that went seven and three in the first 10 last year and three and seven in the next 10. Well, they're about to go. You know, if they win tomorrow, they're going to be three, six and one. So they better go six, three, and one the next 10. And then they're back where they were a year ago. And a year ago, they had no trouble making the playoffs. So, you know, if depending on how you phrase it, Jay, you can be a positive guy, you can be a negative guy. I'm more concerned with finding the right way to play the game because I don't care that much if the Oilers make the playoffs or don't. If they're not playing the right way, this is a year that, you know, this was cup or bust, right? It's yeah. not about making the playoffs here in Edmonton. It's about playing the style of hockey that can win games in May and June. And they are so far, Jay, I mean, so far away from executing that style of hockey defensively that they make the playoffs all you want. You're going nowhere playing like this. I just want to confirm, Spec. <clears throat> you don't expect uh, 150 goals from Sam Gagne this season, Spec? <laughs> no. It's too much? I don't think so. Unfair to but, put on him? Uh, Rafi lost him up. He might get 80 right? points, right? You never know. Yeah. No, no, not getting 80 points. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> exactly. No, uh, not at all. Um, what, what, like you look at, so Gagne was on the line. Uh, they kept him with Kane and Nugent Hopkins. Um, Hyman, Drysaddle, McDavid, uh, you know, then they had. So Raphael Lavoie comes up, Spec. And we saw last night, um, you know, they move guys around on different lines uh, throughout the game when you have 11 Fords. So I'm kind of curious, you know, and I have very low, I want to preface this. I have extremely low expectations for a rookie in his first NHL game. He is not the guy that anybody should look upon as the savior. But I will say this if I'm Raphael Lavoie. There is something to be said about just understanding the moment. And if I'm Raphael Lavoie, I don't care about scoring. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hit everything that moves and try to bring some energy and emotion because that's what Edmonton doesn't have right now. 
at anybody in their bottom six. And, and if you do that, you get noticed. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, at least he brings an element that the other guys don't. And that could be the difference in him sticking around. Yeah, fair. That the, you know, the bottom six has been an abject failure. Now, I'm going to caution. I don't think it's fair to look at the guys who are on the fourth line that has two players on it. You know, and say, how come you don't have any chemistry yet? How yeah. come you're not playing well? Like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's Those fair. Those guys are, you know, but certainly that third line, the McLeod, Holloway, and whoever's with them uh, have got nothing done. Fogel started there. He's had a great year. They moved him up. I think they're moving him back down to Morrow. To me, that line needs a good guy that's going hot on it. Maybe they can get going, but McLeod and Holloway. They're third line players. It's the top nine league now. Like the third line's supposed to get some goals for you here. Yep. We're yep. ten games in and, and Holloway and McLeod have been you know, they're getting D's in my book because they haven't been that good defensively either. McLeod's not been good on the draws. Holloway's I know he's a kid. I get it. He's a kid. We're trying to be patient here. But uh he's not getting enough done for me. So yes. This is the time to bring Lavoie into this thing because there's opportunity. If you were going to bring him in and play him six minutes in the fourth line, I'd say leave him at the leave him in Baco. He's yeah. coming up at a time when he's going to get some ice time, and now he's going to get a chance to see what he can do. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, no, hey, good for him. A big body who, who can shoot the puck. But if you're Raphael Lavoie, um, what you've been doing in the minors, it's obviously a very different role than what he's going to do here. And the smart players understand it, right? The smart guys, look, you got to start Todd Marchand, Sean Horkoff. There's a laundry list of players around the NHL spec who started out in the bottom of the lineup and just worked their way up because they understood it. And you know what? Raphael Lavoie has yeah. the advantage because he's so big. Right. He, that's on a team that's not, that doesn't like obviously Vander Kane's physical amongst their forwards. Right. And like Fogel uses his speed. Holloway uses speed. Like I love that play by Fogel last night when he blew it by the guy and got in on a breakaway and just, you know, hit the outside of the goalpost. But, um, you know, and I think Lavoie here has a chance to at least make an impression and not only for him spec. I mean, for the orders could keep in mind that he was put on waivers on October 8th. So. If he stays up here, plays tomorrow, which obviously he is, then he plays again on Monday. Well, now you they have to they'd have to send him down next Wednesday. Otherwise, he'd have to clear waivers again. And here's a huge opportunity for this kid to say, you know what? I bet on myself in the summer with my contract. I come up, I play well. Even if it's not in Edmonton, I might get claimed on waivers if I make an impression. Because somebody now he's an NHL player spec before he never was. And even if it's only one or five or seven games, that does change how people view you. Oh, and 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 scouts want to get their viewings against NHL competition. Yes. Scouts have seen him in the minors now for a couple of years. They've seen him. They've got their everyone's got their book on Raphael Lavoie. They like him. They don't like him. Whatever they may have. But what they don't have is Raphael Lavoie playing against NHL players. And if he comes up and has a couple good games, he's not making that much money. Yep. He's got good size. He's a right winger. You know, I'd say this to you, depending on all the Connor Browns out there and how he plays, there's a spot in the top six right wing on this team too, Jay. Yeah, no, that's you know, There's fair. a spot there for a guy that, yeah. with some hands. I still like – Fogel's been – Fogel's been as good as he can be. I still think he's a third line guy. He brings energy, he brings speed, he hits guys. He doesn't finish great. Yeah. Uh, I like him on a solid third line. I like if Lavoie can hack it, if he can play it, maybe he plays above him. Let's wait and see how it looks. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if Fogel's on your third line, you talked about it earlier, Spec, you need, you need your third line doing something, and Fogel's done something. So, you yeah. know what? That could help you huh? potentially. We'll see. 
Spec, what do you think about Broberg going down? Well, they had to do it to bring up Lavoie. They had no choice, right? Uh, they had to send somebody down. Yeah to do it but he played six minutes last night it's the best thing for him the guy's got to play some minutes right and uh i to me and how much of this is because he hasn't played a lot i haven't seen much development in his game as far as like what does he do well right like a little bit he transported the puck more this year a little bit but his speeding his skating's his best asset we don't see it very often so i think philip broberg is a player who um if the orders write their ship this year is a, a very high possibility of somebody that they would use in a trade to bring in a decent piece okay what do you think it's, i mean i agree with sending them down uh, watching the kid play six minutes it's a it's yeah it doesn't and then he makes him one mistake last night and that's it for his game he doesn't play much after uh this seven defenseman thing has worked poorly for the seven defensemen in edmonton and it's worked poorly for the development of a young defenseman in, in philip roberg it doesn't work yeah no you know seven defensemen doesn't work so get an older guy and put him in the press box as your seventh defenseman and play six guys. Yeah. Right? This seven thing, I can't stand it. And you know who hates it worse than me, Jay? Players. All the guys in the Oilers, in the Oilers defensive core, yeah. they hate it worse than I hate it. Yeah. No, that's so it ain't working. Yeah. Move on. Totally fair. Spec, have yourself an awesome weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. All right, brother. Have a great weekend, all. There you go. That's uh, Mark Spector and the Spec Report brought to you by GS Construction. When we return, Craig Button will join us on The Gregor Show with Wayne Gretz, presented by PlayAlberta.ca Live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. 3 525. Positive Friday in the Jason Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. Thanks, as always, for listening and uh, watching. Make your way home safe. Please turn your lights on. Okay. That little button just turns auto. So then your lights are on all the time. All right, that would be uh, that would be uh, very much appreciated. Uh, let's get to our big guest of the day. Uh, brought to you by Silent Rides, Alberta's premier bus charter company with state-of-the-art motor coaches will safely take you or your team to your next destination. Book your ride today at SilentRides.ca. As uh, Craig Button, former NHL uh, GM and scout, now ace analyst and scout for TSN, uh, joins us uh, as he always does on Friday. Butts, how are you, my man? I am, I am good, Jason. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. So I want to ask you, the Edmonton Orders, to me... The, they've had an issue for a while where they can't, or, or I shouldn't say can't, because they've shown they can. They're unable to commit consistently to being sound defensively where they're not gifting easy goals on a regular basis. That's been a problem last year. They cleared it up for a little bit down the stretch, then it reared its ugly head again in the playoffs. And obviously we saw it last night, three of them, and it's been a problem for a lot of this. So... How do you fit? To me, I think it's got to be on the players. They play the game. They can hold themselves more accountable than any coach ever can. right? The coach can you know, sit a guy, shift here, there. Sure, that might get some guy's attention, and, and I guess it did work for Vander Kane. But ultimately, what do you think happens here? Because um, until the orders figure that out, they're not going anywhere. You know, it's interesting. You, you know, the general manager, president of the Oilers is uh, Ken Holland. And you know, this is this is something that was very similar with the Detroit Red Wings back in the 90s. 
And until and, and then Scotty came in, and you know they lost the '95 and four straight in the Stanley Cup final. And then they set that they were a phenomenal team in '96 before losing to Colorado in the conference final. And you know they had to change their team. They had to change their team. You know, you, you can ask players to do things, but it, it's one thing to say players are willing to do it. It's not about willing to do it or trying to do it. It's about embracing it and being able to do it. They don't have enough players able to do it, Jason. And I think this is our management. <laughs> I, mean, I, I said it last week. I'll continue to say, yeah, Connor Brown was added in the summer, and all of a sudden they became Stanley Cup favorites. It, it, it defies logic, in my view. I don't see it. I never saw it. And I certainly don't see it now. And I think this is a, a matter of roster construction. And I don't think this team is anywhere near good enough to do what they need to do to be successful come playoff time against good teams. Against good teams. Listen, they're two six and one record. I don't. I don't think anybody would say that they're not better than that. I, mean, I, I think everybody would agree on that. But when we talk about trying to build out your roster and trying to build a team that can be, and Ken Holland was front and center in Detroit when he when they had where they were confronted with the same thing, and they made some significant moves. They they, they moved out players that uh, you know couldn't grind, couldn't be hard to play against, weren't going to be hard to play against, and they added players that could be. And I don't think until the Oilers do that. They're not Stanley Cup contenders. Not 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 at the top of the list. Yeah, well, I in a in a flat cap with very limited room, that's going to be very difficult to do during the season, right? So uh, okay, so you say that you say that, right? Okay, so so let's just so you just throw up your hands. No, 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 no. You, I think you could do one or two, but if you think they need like four or five, I don't know if you, like I don't know if there's a team that does that many. Is all I'm saying. A few, a hundred percent. They drafted Marty Lapointe. They drafted Marty Lapointe in 1991. Yeah. So obviously he was 20 in 1993. He was evolving. They make a trade for Chris Draper. They make a trade. They didn't add everybody all at the same time. But they understood what they needed to do and how they need to go about it. And Ken Holland should, like in my view, I, I think he knows that better than anybody. But I, I, if a manager starts telling me how hard it is and the cap and the flat cap, well, good. You can't do it. We'll get somebody else to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's totally fair. Well, um, you're charging hundreds of dollars for tickets, suites are cost, and you're going to tell me how hard it is? Oh, well, yeah. Go tell that to the people that are working in the cold and are grinding it out every day to save up money to go to the games. I don't buy it for one bit from any manager or anybody in this league telling me how hard it is to do a job. The job is on management. They haven't done a good enough job, Jason. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. No, yeah, no, that's totally valid. I uh, uh, That's fair. I, I will say this. I look at the players on the team, Craig, and if management hasn't done their job, that's totally valid. I don't think the players have come close to doing their job on a consistent enough basis either. Like, I agree they might not be defensive stalwarts, but I don't believe they're – and I watch lots of other games. I don't see a team that consistently gifts goals as often as they do. Right? Like, on just m- mistakes that that – I don't know if you saw – well, I'm sure you saw it. Evan Bouchard, Evan Bouchard? On, on the fourth goal, there's, there's no – coach anywhere that will tell you to just float over away and, and vacate the middle of the ice. Like there's no rhyme or reason to make that play. None. Evan Bouchard is what Evan Bouchard is. You either accept Evan Bouchard for what he is or you can you can you, you can uh, look for holes in his game. That's the way Evan Bouchard's played since he was fifteen years old. And if you think you're changing it just because you know you, you need to be a deeper you need to pay attention he, he, that's not his game. 
it's, go back and look. I mean, the, the Detroit Red Wings had Ray Shepard and Paul Eisenberg and Dino Cicerelli. They had like, and, and like Scotty, he loves skill. He wanted to work with them. They can't do it. So, you know, again, it's one thing to say, oh, I'm willing to do it. <laughs> can you do it well? And, like, will you embrace it? And can you do it well? And those two things have to be done, like, like t- together. <laughs> You're asking Evan Bouchard to do something he can't do. It's, it, it, it's like asking somebody to do what Evan Bouchard does. The, the, the composition and construction of the team isn't good enough, Jason. And you can say the players are and everything, and I, I know what you're saying, and I'm not saying it's all on management, but the team isn't good enough to, to, to be considered a top contender. Craig Button joins us. Uh, what about the Calgary Flames? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what about them? I mean, I mean, I mean, it's. It, it, I thought, and, 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 and let, let's be straight here. I mean, the last two games for the Flames and the Oilers, both of them played well enough to win. I thought, like, but the, the key mistakes at the wrong times of the games. That's why they're near the bottom of the league. And you know, like, uh, I mean, Ottinger plays great uh, against the Flames. You know, Wedgwood comes in and plays great against the Oilers. So you know, it's not like they're they don't got parts of their game in order. But I mean. Here's the math. Here's the math. 96 points to make the playoffs in the, in the Western Conference. So in the, in the Oilers' next 73 games, that's 96 points. That means you got to finish 15 game, 14 games over 500. you got to win 14 more games than you lose. Well, the Oilers now have to win 18 more games than they lose over their next 73. And the Flames, the Flames have to win 19 more than they lose over their next 72. Just do the math. It's hard enough to get 96 points to win 14 more games in 82 games. Now you started off the way they are. The math is is really, really there and tells you how difficult it is. These two teams are both in trouble. Are you buying the Vancouver Canucks? You have to. You have to. You have to. Like, you, you know, I know you start off and, you know, the first two games of the season, you, you go, okay, you know, Edmonton didn't play great game one. Game two, they played, they made a couple of blunders, but, you know, Vancouver gets out of it, you know, a, a terrific game by Casey DeSmith. But now they're going and, and they're beating teams, like different teams, different quality of teams, and they're rolling. And, and, and again, you, there's every reason to, to, to not have faith in them or to not fully believe. But right now, I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, Quinn Hughes right now is the best defenseman in the league. He's playing the best in the league. You got Elias Pedersen who's right up at the top. But the way they're playing and, and, and the way they're committed to playing, and, and again, we talk about defensive play. Ian Cole and Carson Susie are not top-notch defensemen. But when I say top-notch, I'm talking about the top two pair defensemen for the most part. But they add an element of, like, embracing and being able to dig in defensively. Yeah. And and, and, and that's how they do it. it. Like, I'm not telling anybody that Edmonton has to go and get, you know, another star forward or no. another star defenseman. That what they need is, is, is more – is, is more of, of that. This is how we're going to dig it. Like, like, think about, just think about it. And I'm not saying like it's easy now, but think about Radko Gudis. Radko Gudis is what he is. He's a bottom pair defenseman. But that type of player that says, no way, you're not, you're, you're, every, everything against me is going to be hard. Everything. 
That's an attitude. That's a mentality. That's a type of player. Yeah. And so I think that what Dockett has done with his group and, and, and certainly the additions they made in the offseason, you know, we all have ideals of how we'd like our team to look. But you can make improvements, sometimes incrementally, sometimes a little bit more than incrementally. But I think the Vancouver Canucks have to be taken seriously. Craig Button uh, joins us from uh, TSN. Craig, I want to get your thoughts on the whole handling of the Ottawa Senators situation. A, how they got to a first-round draft pick out of this. And uh, and B, the uh, the lack of transparency in the entire situation. Yeah, you, you know, I guess uh, two, two separate things. I mean... You know, Lou Lamarillo, when I first became a manager, he, and I've known Lou for a long time, but we were talking and he said, and he goes, Craig, you know, keep this in mind. He goes, you know what? It's your job to know the rules, the regulations, the rules, everything regarding it. He goes, and, you know, there's no excuse for not knowing. If you, if you make a misstep, that's on you. And he said, make sure you have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. So the Ottawa Senators clearly did not have that. It was disorganized. You know, you you have a, you have a, a trade, uh, no trade clause, no movement clause, whatever it is. You, you get it, you file it, you keep it in order. They didn't do that. And, you know, you, 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 people think, oh, first-round draft pick, you know, it's a violation, and it's pretty severe. Well, it is, but the Vegas Golden Knights got their names dragged through the mud. And the reputation of the league, you know, on trade deadline, you know, it, it takes a hit. But the Vegas Golden Knights were none too happy about it because they're saying we didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, we're, we're proceeding with the idea that, you know, this is the, 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 that we're doing the right things. And then you find out that you, you're not allowed to do that. You go, what, what happened here? So the league does an investigation. We can answer whether it should have been done sooner. I mean, I, I'm speaking more to what Michael Anlauer said and the transparency of it. I mean, I, I think it's real simple. I mean, it was a, it was a violation of, 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 of the CBA. It was a violation of the CBA. That's what it was. Because when you do a trade call, you you have to be able to say, yes, he has a no-move clause, and here it is, or no, there isn't a no-move clause. They, they told the Vegas Golden Knights there was no, there, there was no no-move clause. There was no problem. <laughs> That's a clear violation, and when you have a violation like that, you're going to pay a price. Now, you know, transparency, I know we talked about, like, you know, what should be, you know, the Shane Pinto thing, the Shane Pinto 41-game suspension, now this and everything. You know, I, 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 would I like to see more? Here's what I would say. Yes, I'd like to see more. I think we'd all like to see, see more. And, and I would try to encourage the league and the Players Association to try to be more transparent in, in these regards. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're dragging anybody through the, uh, through the slog, but it does. I think it helps everybody understand a little bit better. Yeah, well, I, I'd say this. It's 2023. The most simple thing that should happen at the league is every contract – I know it gets into the database. You should have the list. So every year when you – and there's teams that have the 10-team no-trade list. Okay, so the agent sends it to the uh, Ottawa Senators. Then they send it to the league. So the league now has it for everybody, right? Because And they know it. Like, to me, how there's not one now in 20 – if you didn't have one 10 years ago, fine. Technology is way easier now, Craig. To me, the league should be proactive and say, okay, we don't want this to happen to anybody. It sucks for Ottawa. It sucks for Anaheim. It sucked for Vegas at the time. It sucks for our league's image. It's not good, right? It's like when the PHWA screwed up with the Ovechkin thing, they fixed the problem, right? So fix the problem, league. Don't just say, well, it's on the teams. Make it so this doesn't happen moving forward. 
I'm 100 percent with you. The contracts are all on file. There, teams can go look up contracts. Yes, just put the just put the MACs or the NTCs right there. Let the teams know you got to keep them updated when it, if it changes, and they do change as you well know. Update them, and that's on the team. But I, I, I'm full on board with it with that and, and using technology uh, to everybody's advantage. Because again, like yeah, okay, it's a violation. It's it's you're responsible for it, but there's no reason why you can't ensure that you mitigate against these types of uh, situations to the greatest extent possible. Craig, have a good weekend. We will uh, chat with you next Friday. We will. You have a great weekend too, Jason. That's uh, Craig Button from uh, TSN. Uh, When we come back, we'll get to uh, Wanye's World and More on the Friday edition of The Gregor Show presented by Play Alberta. We're set to wrap up, man. It's a busy show. The text line was humming. I think we set a record today for uh, most texts uh, during the uh, the Jason Greger show. So uh, that is uh, fantastic. We appreciate uh, all of your uh, input. Uh, lots of new texters. Everybody's understanding the rules. Put your name on it. Then we put you in the system. We got you saved forever. So uh, always remember that. And then we can... Uh, then we don't have to put your name on it. If you do it once, we got it saved because then when I get a text from you, it just pops up with your name. And I'm like, oh, look, I'm talking to Jordan or Samson and uh, uh, Buck 75. So uh, who says, uh, hey, guys, the up there, he went to Mundare today. He's giving us uh, benches now have heaters, plus seven outside, minus seven inside. Nothing has changed. <laughs> that was a cold rink, man, Mundare. Although I still think the coldest arena ever played in was Andrew as a kid. Like, I remember some of our kids were crying on the bench. Their feet were so cold. And uh, I was wearing a toque underneath my helmet. So I was just like, you know, as you're, as you're a kid, you know when you're 10, like, you kind of have empathy, but not a ton of it. And you're just like, some of the kids didn't want to play. I was like, oh, more ice time for us. <laughs> but I do remember, like, guys were like... In intermission they're going to get toques on like it was freezing that was the coldest rink i've ever played in bar none it was chile chile let's get to wanye's world brought to you by action electrical they do a lot of different things you know like they have the uh, electrical preventative uh, maintenance for commercial buildings stuff you don't know wanye uh, or at least i don't know like infrared testing i know that to make sure that you have it uh, energize and de-energize testing you gotta de-energize of course. What, uh, are you an idiot? Yeah, well, clearly. Come on. Uh, they're not, though. No, they know. ActionElectrical.net. Here's One Day's World. I know everybody's miserable today, and I get it, and I understand, but there's an enormous silver lining going on right now for me and for a lot of Oilers fans, and that is that Sam Gagne is back on his third. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tour of duty with the Oilers. Let's take a look at this guy. We drafted him back in 2007, sixth overall, and promptly rushed him into the league at 18 and made him play 79 games in his rookie season. If you fast forward to 2023, he's only 34 years old, but the way people talk about him in NHL player years, he's like 106. We put so many miles on this guy's odometer early on in his career. He has 1,015 games played in the NHL. Ekholm is less than a year younger, and he has 747 games played. Think of how much hockey Sam Gagne has played yeah. by the age of 34. His career plus minus Gregor's dash 137. Yeah, some tough years in Edmonton. We did that to him. Mm-hmm. We put all these miles on his odometer. And for him to come back and do what he did last night, scoring two goals in his, his NHL debut this season, it has to send a message to other players in the room about how much this guy's willing to will his way into the league. And I don't know how you can sit two stalls down from a guy who's shaken off I'm hip surgery in the yeah. off season and come back to score two goals. It has to send a message. Well, I, I will say this. I, I was told that the, uh, the captain had uh, expressed that it was perfect timing to have Gagne come to the room and that, you know what, uh, maybe the, some of the things you just mentioned are some of the things that they recognize as him as a human being. And just, you know, he, he's Sam Gagne obviously has some warts to his game, but he has lots of experience and I think he has lots of wisdom and I also think there's a player who who knows how to communicate and I think has the respect of the of the other guys that can I don't care who you are, you can never be above criticism inside an NHL dressing room or an NFL dressing room or any dressing room to be on a successful team and those guys should want it. Good te- the best players should want someone to say, Hey, you know what, when it's not going now, of course it's only might only happen once a year because they're pretty good, so you know what? Uh, most times they are going. But that's what you need, and maybe that's what Sam Gagne will be. I can't wait to watch him play. I love Sam Gagne. He is, uh, you know, he's a very beloved character uh, for a variety of reasons, I think. In the decade of darkness, uh, Oiler fans, well, unless you're naturally negative, you needed to find something to give you enjoyment of watching the game, right? And so Sam Gagne, he fought Ryan Kessler. Right. Then he fought Craig Conroy off of fate. Remember when Pat Quinn for opening game of Sam Gagne's third season. So Sam Gagne had scored 49 points, 41 points back to back years as a rookie and second year. So not a huge sophomore drop off. Not huge numbers, but nobody had, like he was a top six scoring forward. Both teams, both years. He comes to training camp. Pat Quinn's a new head coach. On opening night, Sam Gagne finds himself on the fourth line. Guys being your top six the last two years. You're kind of like, what? So what does Sam Gagne do? They, Calgary scores to make it three to one midway through the first period, uh, third, second period. Off the ensuing face-off, the face-off, Gagne, I don't know what he says. He's 20 years old, convinces Craig Conroy to fight off the face-off. 
And the crowd goes nuts. Now the orders end up losing the game four to three. They have another tough year. But those are the moments where fans like, look at like Sam Gagne's not a fighter, but he's willing to fight. He's playing fourth line. He's doing whatever's necessary in his role and just say, yeah, you want me to get noticed? I'll get noticed, right? Get outside your comfort zone. He's always shown he's able to, he's not, he understands that sometimes you got to get outside your comfort zone. He's always done it. And so, you know, then obviously you fast forward a few years later and he has the game of his life. Uh, he ties Gretzky and coffee with a record that like even McDavid and Dreisaitl will be hard pressed to do. They've never had seven points, let alone, let alone eight. And, and that was kind of at the peak. And it came against a team that had just won the Stanley Cup. Right, it was a very good team, and so Sam Gagne, I think, for many years, gave Oilers fans moments that said, "Okay, at least I get to be a fan and have fun for a while." There are some Oilers that are on one side of the chasm, and no matter what they do, they can do no right with large segments of Oilers fans. And then there's very, very few Oilers, but there's some that make it to the other side of the Gulf, and they're beloved. Ryan Smith was one, and I think Sam Gagne is one too. I think with large swaths of Oilers fans. They're just thrilled to see him back here. He's a guy that they can get behind and they've known for a long time. And he's as advertised. Yeah. And you know what? Like, good for Sam. I don't think anybody should expect Sam going to be your offensive uh, catalyst uh, most nights out. But you know what? He has. I said it yesterday on the show. I said Sam Gagne scored eight goals in 48 games last year, people. That prorates to 14. So if Sam Gagne, can, Sam Gagne has the offensive awareness to score 12, 13 goals for your team. I have no doubt in my mind that he could do that. Right now, obviously, he got off to a great start. So now he only needs 11 in like 73 games. He may have scored 30 goals worth of games last night. I don't know. Yeah, he might have. We'll see. But games with the goals. Um, he'll he'll bring energy and emotion. Uh, I'll mark my words. I think in the next ten games, Sam Gagne will drop the gloves because awesome. he's always kind of done that. I know some people don't, and I'm, maybe I'm old school here, but uh, I, I think those little things matters at times. I really do. So, hey guys, Gagne's jersey will go up in a, a Rogers eventually. Uh, Austin, Austin, my man, I can tell you it won't. It's a tough one because it's only for Hall of Famers. But could he be voted into the Orders Hall of Fame? You're on the committee. That that could happen, right? It's a long time away, but I think that's something that could could possibly happen for sure. If that comes across your committee member gold desk in eight years, Sam Gagne up for the wall, uh, Hall of Fame, are you voting yes? Well, in the distance. I'm not allowed to discuss my Is that votes. part of the that's thing? That's part of my thing. Is I can't p- ever discuss who I would, until after the fact on who I voted for, right? Like I nominated Ryan Smith. It was pretty easy. I just, and it's I, I was the one who quoted on because I was first, but you know other guys would have done it. I want to make that abundantly clear. It wasn't like, ooh, look at him. He came up with an idea that no one else would have had. Um, you know, like Wayne Gretzky had a very passionate presentation about Lee Fogelin, right? Um, I, I think Sam Gagne down the road is somebody who probably, because when you look at it to me, I have certain categories. Hockey's one factor, but there's other things that go involved in being in community and doing other things, right? Like the first few years, it's going to be easy to get who's the guys in. There'll be some arguments probably moving forward now. Like, hey, these are the two guys. Like Doug Waite was a no-brainer. Of course he was going in, right? Charlie Huddy. I think there's a few other no-brainers. I won't mention them because I don't want to impede anything, but I think most most order fans know who they are. Is it one or two Oilers a year? Two is max. Two is max. I yeah. See. yeah. Yeah. And well, it doesn't have to be players, though, too. It can be other factors, that, you know, somebody who is equipment manager or Joey Moss or different things like that. So uh, it doesn't have to be a player, but I would say the majority will probably be players. Wanye, have yourself a great weekend.
Thanks for having me. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home with no payment, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter. LegacyHeating.ca. Have a great weekend. Please do not drink and drive. Don't be an to Get home safe. Enjoy the games. We're out. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.